0: Hello and welcome to Make It Clear, a conversational podcast about all things related to water and wastewater. I'm your host, Angela Bounds, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Rapp. In each episode, we'll tackle a relevant topic with facts and expert opinions and make things clear. Hi, so today we thought we would talk a little bit about where we started how we got to where we're at as an organization and joining us is Jeff Ball. Jeff Ball is the president of our water division. He is also the son of one of our founders, Hal Ball. Hi Jeff.
1: Good morning. It's almost afternoon.
0: It is almost afternoon here. So we decided that you know we really it we believe that it is important to know where you came from. Orenco has a deep history rooted in not only protecting water, but also helping people and communities around the world. But our journey has been, it's been pretty cool. It's been awesome to watch. Jeff and I have both had front row seats watching our father's Build this thing from the ground up. So let's start there, and we'll talk a little bit about how Jeff's father, How, and my dad, Terry, met. Mm-hmm. As the story goes, my dad had been serving; he'd been serving in Vietnam and was home on leave. And his dad was renting the ranch next to How's property. Is that the story you remember?
1: Yep. That, that I was pretty young was <laughs> before you were even born. But yeah, I wasn't that, born that's, yet. That's kind of that's kind of how it, it started. And if this, if I remember the story correctly, we were out bucking hay. We, we uh, harvested hay and baled hay every summer, and um, I believe in the field next door, your father was out bucking hay with his dad. Is that how it right. went? Right. Yep. And my dad saw these bales being launched on top of the stack on a trailer, and he didn't. He, my dad, thought he, that your grandfather had, had bought a loader that was right. throwing these bales up there, and then the the trailer turned the corner, and he saw Terry right. <laughs> launching these <laughs> these bales, and my dad thought, well, I I got to get him to come over and help us.
0: Yeah. So his his
1: his uh, you know. What we were like seven-year-old boys, we weren't able to to hoist bales like <laughs> big, big, strong Terry was.
0: Yeah, especially at that point. Yeah, and so your dad went over and introduced himself, and they became friends, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, when my dad came home, my dad did his stint in the military, came home, married my mom, and your dad encouraged him to become an engineer,
1: right? So That's what I hear. (laughs) That is what I hear too. That was my dad's advice for every young person. Go study engineering. You can get a job there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So he encouraged my dad and dad took some classes. My dad took classes from your dad Mm
1: -hmm. at
0: UCC and went on to Oregon State to become an engineer. Took a job for maybe four months in Portland. Decided that the city was not where he wanted to raise a family because I was on the way. And moved back here.
1: Where he took a job for uh, Douglas County Public Works.
0: Yep. So he and Hal were still in touch, right? And uh, My dad was working for Douglas County Public Works. Your dad was... Consulting and teaching,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, consulting engineering, consulting engineering, and surveying, mm-hmm. and uh, he was an engineering professor at uh, at Umqua Community College. Yes, but they were. They also were very good friends, playing handball frequently. Very competitive handball players back then.
0: Which one of them got into tennis first? You know, I think it may have been my dad. So, for all the listeners. Both of our fathers were avid tennis players. Raised us playing tennis our whole lives. Because handball, kind of, I, I don't know that I ever actually saw my dad play handball.
1: Yeah, I tried to play once. It hurts too much. So <laughs> Whack I the saw ball him with play a racquetball. A lot easier. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, tennis is much easier. Yeah, less painful. So dad was working for the county. Had started doing research into effluent sewers and sewering communities, and your dad was doing research into sand filters.
1: Yeah, he was He was actually, I think he was contracted with uh, Douglas County to find ways that land developers could develop their land that had difficult soils. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a lot of people that wanted to build homes on properties that weren't being allowed to by the DEQ
0: because they didn't have we, a solution.
1: Because we didn't have a solution, yeah. So the mm-hmm. Douglas County commissioners contracted with my dad to to find ways to deal with those problems. And he traveled around the country meeting with uh, academics and other engineering professionals to find out how these problems were, were being dealt with. And ultimately, he came back to Douglas County with some ideas that mainly... Use sand filtration technology. Yep, and they put in some some demo systems, and they they worked with the Oregon DEQ to 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 put in these demo systems. And ultimately, they settled on the intermittent sand filter as the technology of choice for resident, residential applications. They also did some work with recirculating sand filters that really became, for some time, the the technology of choice for small commercial applications. So that research really led to some really interesting things, the technologies that were deployed throughout the rest of the country. And at that point, Oregon was very much in the forefront of small flows treatment systems for residential small commercial applications. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing that really happened through all those through those mid-70s years, uh, was that. My dad and your dad were in close contact through all of this, and so they, they were bouncing ideas off each other for the work that they were doing, because your dad was was trying to find a solution for the community of Glide, right, just just east of Roseburg, where they had a, a lot of failing septic systems.
0: Well, they'd actually put a moratorium on building through the whole yeah, state at that was,
1: point. It was a mess in Glide, though. They mm-hmm. they and and their first. The the county's first proposal they received from an engineering firm was to put in a conventional gravity sewer, and the, the cost of that system was astronomical. There's no way the county could afford that, no way the community could afford to keep it up. So that's, your, your dad did a lot like what my dad did, He'd travel around the country, meeting yeah. with specialists and this kind of thing to see what kind of solutions they had come up with. and. Ultimately, he came back to the county and said, "Hey, let's let's try out one of these effluent sewers," and right. because the products weren't available, you're were having the shelf, a piece in
0: part everything together.
1: <laughs> your dad or make had, it. yeah, your dad did serious research in f- trying to figure out how to get tanks that don't leak, for example, and you know how to design a. Well, I think he started with some fiberglass tanks. That so was disastrous, and.
0: Mm-hmm. They all, went
1: through numerous leaky concrete tank yeah. problems. Ultimately, he designed probably the best concrete tanks in the in the country.
0: Well, because he likes to parking lot test a
1: tank, and he loves concrete, and he loves concrete.
0: <laughs> right. Well, so, and then pumps. He wanted to. He knew that he wanted to use a well style pump that would last.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the critical things. Was that the, the, all the components that were being used by other. Uh, practitioners around the country were struggling to to survive in these 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 systems so uh yeah we uh, your dad pushed hard on the the well style the four inch stainless steel effluent pumps, and that became kind of the standard for for what we do now today. He well, also and- did a lot of research on control panels because if you remember the first control panels they put in glide were all metal enclosures and relatively low quality componentry and they had to rip those if I remember correctly, they had to rip hundreds of them off mm-hmm. off of houses and replace them with things that would last longer.
0: Yep. Huge oh, lessons
1: my- learned in Glide.
0: Yeah. My grandfather made panels in our garage that my dad You're designed. <laughs> like that's when he had he had all of us working at one point. But like most companies you know dad and Hal both were like there has to be an easier way to do this there has to be a better way to do this and Orengo was born the company came to fruition yeah so, it was,
1: so that was all that research that took place was in the in the 70s and it was in the late 70s that my father's engineering firm joined with BHW Engineering. And BHW incorporated the Marenko systems in, I think it was 81.
0: 81, yep.
1: Yeah. And then the, there was a horrible depression, recession in the early 80s, in, at least in Oregon there was. And, the West, and BHW, BHW did not survive that. And out of the ashes... My father and your father are able to recover Renko. and yeah. it became initially. I think it was intended to be be more of a engineering consulting kind of company. That I would agree with that. Manufactured yeah. some components for these systems, but I think that de- the demand for the components grew so fast that uh, the, the the consulting thing became less of an imperative. And well, you know, I think is the I remember in the so I was in high school at that time, and I remember coming home from school, and my dad would say, "Hey, you need to go downstairs and because we built stuff in the garage. Uh, you need to go downstairs yep. and weld some screens or glue some siphons together
0: Oh yeah, I can remember I was probably twelve when my dad taught me how to solder and had me i made making alarms sentinels. Yeah. Little alarm panels. We would do that or sit in front of the TV watching Scooby-Doo and putting together heat shrink kits. So you have to cut the heat shrink, get the long, you know, yard length heat shrink, and you'd have to cut it and put 10 pieces in a baggie with 10 connectors. And that was your heat shrink kit.
1: And your first job.
0: And my first job. Yep. And that was, I mean, we did all those things, string and floats. Mm -hmm. So back before float collars, I mean, we'd have to drill the hole. Well, I could solder, but not use a drill, Uh, whatever. But he would drill the holes in the pipe, and then we would have to run them through and color code the ends Mm of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those are the good old days. Those were the (laughs) days. (laughs) <laughs>
0: we go back to, back to just making sentinels and moving together.
1: So it was in um, uh, what was it eighty eighty two and eighty three that my brother and I graduated high school and and we both spent a year at Umpqua Community College before we went to Oregon State. But it was it was that's what Eureka was what we did every summer through our our college years. And you know there was no I don't remember there being really any vacations in the summer because <laughs> there was. The business is growing. So we had well, a lot and, of work to do.
0: Yeah, they put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. I can remember, you know, we were younger. So I am 10 years younger than you. And like, I can remember not, I was really young when I got a phone line of my own. So I had a phone line in my bedroom. And not because my parents loved me so dearly that they wanted to spoil me with my own phone line. It was strictly so that we did not tie up the phone that <laughs> <laughs> was attached to the house because we would get business calls at all hours. Oh, I remember
1: that. Yeah, yeah. calls yeah, at six rem-
0: o'clock in the morning, and
1: yeah, I just I remember my mother often awakened at oh five thirty or oh six hundred, phone ringing, somebody calling from. East Coast, not knowing that Arenko was on the West Coast. Right. Ask, asking for, uh, is Mr. Ball available? Or, could I place an order for one of your dosing siphons? <laughs> and, of course, my mom never said, hey, you know, this <laughs> This is my house. And, Absolutely and not. And you're waking me up. She was always.
0: One moment, I'll get him for you.
1: Yep. That uh, right. was remarkable.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the office was in your house for a while. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, after, even after you guys graduated college, your parents lived.
1: Oh, yeah. There was at one point in the late 80s when the only room that was truly my parents was their bedroom. Right. Everything, everything else had been converted to office. Yeah. the The kitchen was kind of the break room. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I love the stories, though. Your mom coming out, making breakfast, like the good old days. I can remember coming out with my dad when I was really young and going and getting chicken eggs with your mom because she would be occupying me while they were discussing <laughs> business. business.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, at what point did Hal and Terry realize that this was a full time thing and that they had to, you know, give up what else, whatever else they were doing, and focus on this? <laughs> well, they're both workaholics, so. very much so. So it wasn't like they only worked eight hours a day and then they went and play tennis. It was uh, you know there was, you know there were plenty of days that were you know from waking wake to sleep. It was just all working. But it was really in 1988. I think they both realized that those other jobs they had. My dad was primarily his only other job was was teaching at that point, and right. Terry's and at job. That point- at the county was was something that he had to let go of. Well, he was also teaching too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I so had he would uh, electrical teach engineering Did you from have to him. take
0: a 7 a.m. class from him? Yeah.
1: Electrical fundamentals. That was pure torture.
0: 7 a.m. learning that from my dad.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It was painful. Integral calculus at 0700 is that's traumatizing.
0: So. Dad was wor- So, dad was teaching. He was working at the county. Your dad was teaching a full schedule, I think, wasn't he? My dad was only part time, mm-hmm. like teaching one or two classes, but your dad had a full yeah. load, didn't he? Yep, he did. And in 88, 1988, <laughs> they gave them up. They gave up their jobs while they gave up their other jobs to devote themselves solely to Orenko
1: yeah and that that's I think that's kind of around the time when it became the the uh the road show where yeah both our fathers were out on the road quite a bit visiting that's what we call yeah at call it with, yeah, the, we, the
0: at Orenco we, <laughs> we call it the hall and Terry road show
1: and so they would pack Arenko's wares in the back of a pickup and go visit go visit engineers and public works departments and things like that. But actually that happened, that happened as far back as the early, well, early mid eighties, because I remember when my brother and I would play tennis tournaments in uh, the Pacific Northwest and, and my father would tote us to various cities and drop us off at the tournament. And then he would go do business. He would go visit with engineers and Mm -hmm. show off our wares. Yeah. So that road show actually that extended. That was a good. That was a ten year stand of doing that stuff.
0: They were road
1: warriors. Yeah, they it were was, nuts. <laughs>
0: yeah, they drove everywhere. So, uh, one of the earliest things that was developed was the pump and the pump vault. I know that Dad wanted to use a well style pump, so he wanted a pump that would last. He didn't he. Thought it was crazy that something would only, you know, really work for a few years, five years.
1: Yeah, getting getting to five to seven years, I think, is what he was getting out of those first pumps. He got it, he put in a glide. Clearly, mm-hmm. that wasn't acceptable. And 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 I think even back in the seventies, we knew that those pumps that we were using in in deep well applications were they were lasting twenty plus years. And in fact, I think the. F- one of the first wells we put in, in in our the house we lived in and grew up in, I'm pretty sure that pump lasted well over 30 years. And that was put in in, must have been late 60s, early 70s.
0: Mm-hmm. So he knew he wanted a pump that would work and he knew that he was going to have to protect it somehow. So you couldn't just pass solids through it. You were all, not only trying to protect the pump, but trying to protect the drain field. I mean, that's protecting groundwater is really the whole reason that you treat your wastewater, right? Is to protect the water, the clean water that's out there that we all end up drinking.
1: What would, well, the, the, so the screen vault was originally devised to prevent the gross solids from getting to the pump. And certainly you don't want to pass gross solids to a drain field or in the effluent sewer application. You want to, Retain those solids so that they digest in the tank, and don't have to handle them at the treatment plant. So right. that, the the that screen vault really became a pretty key component in our systems, and that was, if I remember correctly, that was the first thing we patented, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. So that became that became the thing that we, I guess we became first known for. That was that pump in the. Out uh, the vault and the and the pump,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, definitely it was my job to build a lot of those things in, in those early years. My brother I'm and I, sure. like I said, we come home from school, and that was the thing: go downstairs and weld some screens, Eric.
0: So you had screens and hose and valve assemblies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, discharge plumbing assemblies, screens, and gluing together with dosing siphons. Those are kind of the big thing I remember.
0: Yeah, so all of the manufacturing, well, a lot of the manufacturing, most of the manufacturing was done out at the, out at your house. Mm-hmm. So you guys had a ranch out in Melrose, property out in Melrose, and at the time it had a house and a tennis court and a sheep shed.
1: Yep, we had a couple of barns. Chicken coops, chicken coops, yeah. It all got converted to Orenco Manufacturing at one point, including the chicken chicken coops. Oh, I I'll and the know. and the the tennis court. When I was mm-hmm. at school in uh, at Oregon State, I remember coming home, <clears> have <throat> having been gone for a couple of months, and they put a roof over the tennis court, and it was no longer a tennis court; it was now a manufacturing facility
0: you're like where's my court?
1: I was a little bit depressed after that.
0: Yeah, I'll, I I uh, I have a memory of going out to out with my dad and your dad had columns, he'd converted one of the chicken coops and he had columns of sand. Different gradations of sand in mm-hmm. this chicken coop and he was he was testing the flow path and which gradation would actually treat wastewater best
1: right yeah yeah we, yep. we <laughs> that testing thing was used for ultimately for various if i remember correctly various gradations of sand and then ultimately mm-hmm. crushed glass and styrofoam beads and all kinds of different media that could potentially be used for for treating wastewater right and, that ultimately led to the textile that we, we use today. Right. And with that, we conclude part one of the Orenco story. Be sure to check out part two, where we will start with the introduction of the Advantex treatment system. Now on behalf of Jeff, Angela, and myself, I wanna thank you for joining us today.
0: Before you go, don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts, so you're notified when new episodes are posted. Also, you can leave your comments or suggestions through the contact link on our website, www.orenko.com. Until next time, have a great day.